Well, everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to God Squad Church. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here, and I also have the uh, privilege and the honor to be able to sit on the lead team, and I'm going to be bringing you the message today. But before we get into the message, I need to ask, well, a couple of things, actually. I found out today, today is July 8th, okay? Happy National Video Game Day. Can we get some clappers in the chat? Okay, it's it's National Video Game Day. We are we we are we are a church uh, that is made specifically for gamers. Obviously, if you're not a gamer, we welcome you as well. We're super happy that you are here. But happy National Video Game Day! I didn't even know that was a thing. I literally I, I looked it up right before church, and I was like, wait. What a day to have church. <laughs> so happy National Video Game Day. Yes, it is legit. It is legit. And so that is that is today. There's a few other things today. It's like uh, today, Kevin Bacon's birthday, you know, things like that. But National Video Game Day, hey, hey, we're here. So, but with it being National Video Game Day, I'm going to talk about video games for a second. So put a five in the chat if you're one of these people before you put a because i know people are already like they're already spamming the five because they think you're gonna they're, they're like i'm definitely gonna be this person you're, you're not gonna be this person i can guarantee you that some of you will but not everybody put a five in the chat if you are that person you will 100 percent every game that you play maybe not every game that you play but most games that you play you're, you're like you know what i am going to 100 percent this game no matter what, I'm not going to use a guide. I'm going to go in completely blind and I am going to do every side quest. I'm going to do every single little thing. I, I, I love how there are people putting like 2.5. <laughs> There's a one, you know, we got, we got some people. No, maybe, maybe you're not a 100 percenter, right? But the thing is, is when you 100% a game, you're not just doing the main story, right? You got side quests. You get, you get all the achievements or the trophies, whatever you want to call them, right? You, do, you, you pick up every single hidden item in the game that actually has no purpose for the game. It has no purpose for the story, no purpose for the lore. It's just literally there to make you search around for hours and hours and hours and hours trying to find that little one little hidden item to say that I found everything or to kill a specific type of enemy that happens to be around on the map, all sorts of different areas. You're trying to find it, trying to do everything in the game. I have a certain amount of respect for these people. Okay. I, I'm not going to lie. I have a certain amount of respect for them. I mean, think about it. The patience that goes into actually being able to complete something like this time and time and time again, it does require a lot of patience. And so I have, I have some respect for them to go into an open world or maybe just a large world in general without a guide and to do every little thing. It doesn't show you where everything is on the map. There's no clues maybe to where it is that you need to go searching. It just happens to be that they search every nook and cranny in the entire game to be able to find that one thing. Games that come to mind are like, like I'm thinking of like the newer God of War games, okay? I've played a couple of those games. And, you know, the, the thing is, is there's these like little translucent, they're not even opaque, okay? I just said the word opaque, but translucent like green ravens that are just flying around. They're supposed to be like Odin spies or something like that, right? But they're just flying around or maybe they're sitting in a tree and they make some noises, but not really. And you have to go and you're literally, one of your tasks is to go and find them. And then you need to, you need to hit the raven, okay? Now, I'm not gonna lie. 
finding all these ravens is not my like thing it's not my thing okay i don't care to find all of the ravens when i find them i am going to yes i'm going to obliterate it with my leviathan axe i'm going to knock it out of the sky however then when you finally find that raven it is extremely difficult to hit in the first place. It's flying all around at the speed of sound. You're trying to throw your axe over and over and over. You know what I'm talking about if you've played this game, okay? It gets very, very, very frustrating every once in a while. And there is even one time, I'll never forget it, I hit the raven and my axe bounced off of it. This raven had some super armor or something. I had to hit it twice. I don't know what happened there, but it literally bounced off the raven and I was sitting there after like 30 tries and the raven was still flying around my head, taunting me. Other games that come to my mind, Tears of the Kingdom. Yes, I have to put that in like every, every sermon. It's just such a good game. But there's so much to do in that game. There's 147 bubble frogs, okay? You got to find all of the bubble frogs and give the gems to a specific person. And then when you're done giving them to a specific person, it just says, go and find the other 99 bubble frogs and bring me the gems when you're done, okay? Like, there's just a lot of them. There's, I didn't even know that this was going to be a side quest. I saw a lady one time and she was like, hey, you found four wells in the game. I found her pretty early on in the game. And she goes, you have 54 more wells to find. This is a quest? I have to find 58 wells and tears of the kingdom to complete this game 100%? I'm going to 100% that game. I'm just saying, that is one game I believe. One day. One day, how 100%. But the thing is, is people that go into these games specifically to 100% them, they are all in on these games because they are going to complete everything. And like I said, I have a certain amount of respect that for people that do it without any help, without any guides, without going online and searching for things. They just do it by themselves because they know that they can. And so I think about this in terms of my own life, though. You see, we're called by God to be all in in our relationship with Jesus. That is something that we are all called to do. There is no question about it. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. But the thing is, is a lot of times we wonder, what does that even mean? What that does that even look like? So first, we're going to jump in today. The first thing I want to talk about is Jesus's true mission, his true mission. What did he come to this earth to do, right? The first thing I want to look at here is one of the most important things that Jesus is going to tell his disciples up to this point. We're still in Luke. We're still in chapter 9 as well, and I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 9, verses 21 through 22 to start. And it says this, But he strictly warned them and instructed them to tell this to no one, saying, this is Jesus speaking, it is necessary that the Son of Man suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, be killed, and be raised the third day. Pastor AJ, last week he preached, and he preached an amazing sermon, and he asked this question, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Then he talked about Peter and how Peter says that Jesus is the Messiah. And so here we see that Jesus, he claims this to be true, okay? Because Peter says, you're the Messiah. That's, that's who I say you are. And then Jesus says, tell no one what you've just said. 
He tells all the disciples, do not tell anybody about this. But then he says something that they did not expect him to say. Verse 24, once again, it is necessary that the Son of Man suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, be killed, and be raised the third day. You see, the disciples, they expected Jesus, the Messiah, to come as a political military ruler, as a political military leader, that he was going to lead them out of the oppression that they were under by the Romans at this point. He was going to come and he was going to save the Jews. He was going to come and save them from these earthly oppressions that they are currently going through right now. But now Jesus is coming in and he's saying, I'm going to be rejected and I'm, I'm going to be executed. And they had no idea what this meant. And they had even less of a clue of what it meant when he said being raised on the third day. They didn't know what that was all about. You see, Jesus' mission on this earth, earth was, yes, to serve. Yes, it was to, to lead. Yes, it was to heal. Yes, it was to show wonders and signs to the entire world. Jesus is literally the most influential person in all of history. It's not even able to be argued, okay? You can't argue that with me. The person that came to the earth and literally time changed and went from BC to AD, okay? You can't, you can't argue. Nobody else has done that ever, okay? Jesus is the most influential individual that has ever lived on the face of the planet because he is God. But his main mission was so much more than all of these things. It wasn't just to lead. It wasn't just to heal. It wasn't just to serve. It wasn't just to do these miracles. He was all in on one thing. He came to be rejected. He came to be killed. And he came to be raised from the dead to save all of humanity. To save you and to save me. That's what Jesus came for. You see, Jesus knew that he was going to be going to the cross soon. The disciples didn't know this. They didn't understand it when he when he said, I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be rejected. They were like, but, but you can't. Like, you're supposed to be here. You're supposed to do some things. But no, Jesus knew that the cross was coming. He knew that he was going to be going to the cross. And even though we don't see him say it here, that he himself would be going to the cross, we do see him talking about the cross with the disciples. And so I want you to spam in the chat right now the second point, okay? Take up your cross. Tell the entire chat to take up your cross. This is such, it is such an important statement. It is such an important statement that Jesus is going to say here. And so we're going to jump to Luke chapter 9 and move on with verses 23 and 25 through 25. And he says this, then he said to them all, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life because of me will save it. For what benefit, for what does it benefit someone if he gains the whole world and yet loses or forfeits himself? This is an extremely terrifying statement that he's making to the disciples. You see, the disciples knew what it meant 
to carry your cross. I think at times today, because we live in a different time, we don't, we, I think we, we, we ask this question, like, what does it mean? And we're going to talk about what it means to carry your cross in just a second. But the disciples, they knew what it meant for their time. You see, nobody carried the cross for fun. So it wasn't something that people just did. If you were carrying a cross, you were carrying the device that would be humili- that would humiliate you that would torture you, that would put you through an immense amount of suffering, and eventually it would kill you. If you were carrying your cross, you were walking to your death. And Jesus tells them, carry your cross daily. They knew that whatever he was about to say was extremely important. So Jesus told them to deny themselves, take up their cross daily. And like I said, I think they would be fearful of a statement like this. Before I was talking about those gamers that go all in to be able to 100% every game. But I want to ask you this question. Are you all in in your relationship with Jesus? Are you truly all in in your relationship with Jesus? You see... Many times people have asked me this, this question of what does it mean to carry your cross? Or I've seen people ask the question before. And I think I've had a hard, like, I, like I've, always, I've always understood it to an extent for a good portion of my life. But like I always, I always had trouble just putting it into words. But as I was studying it this week and trying to understand it more, I want to see if I can do my best to help you to understand how important this statement is in our lives and in our hearts. You see, when Jesus says to deny yourself and take your, up your cross daily, he's saying that by following him, you're going to be ridiculed, you're going to be persecuted, and you're going to face disgrace from other people. And in the midst of all of these things going on, you are called to stop being self-centered. He's saying, deny yourself. Stop being self-centered and start being others-centered. Even with all of these things going on, it's difficult. It's not easy. But deny yourself. It means that you are willing to sacrifice everything for Jesus. So I'm going to ask you a few more questions. And really take time to think about these. Like, I, 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 I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes and think about this. I do that a lot of times. But I really want you to think about these situations in your life. And if you are truly dedicated in your life to Jesus. Because... I think sometimes we can ask ourselves these questions and say, yeah, I would, I would definitely do that. I would definitely be willing. But when you really think about it and you really get down to the moment that these things start happening, the question, it, it, it's not as easy to answer anymore because there's actually something that's going to come from it. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your closest friends? Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means alienation from your family? Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your reputation? Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your job? Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your life? You see, all those questions that I just asked you here, I'm not saying that all of these things are going to happen to you. More than likely, all of them will not happen to you. But the question is, are you willing? Are you willing to have those things happen to you? 
I want to reread verse 24 real quick. And it says, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me will save it. I want to try to put this into easier terms for you to understand. Even though when I say this, it's going to sound a little bit strange. It's going to sound a little bit strange. You will never live until you walk to your death with Jesus. Let me say that one more time. You will never live until you walk to your death with Jesus. This is a sure promise from Jesus that there is an afterlife after you die here on earth. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're a follower of, of, of Jesus or not, there is an afterlife after you die here on earth. This is a statement that Jesus makes. There is a real heaven. There is a real hell. If this, if there wasn't those two things, this statement that Jesus makes here, it wouldn't make any sense. These are real, big, eternal, life-changing things. And it's very serious. And it, like, I know this is like a more serious sermon, right? But I'm just, Jesus here, he's having a moment with the disciples. And he's trying to tell them some harsh things. He's trying to tell them some things that they don't even understand yet. But I think it's important for us to understand these things as well because we still live here on this earth. We're still trying to follow after Jesus the best that we possibly can, and it's difficult to do so. So I think these questions, even though they're hard sometimes, even though these, these conversations are difficult, I think it's important for us to understand it. I want to reread verse 25 too. It says, For what does it benefit someone if he gains the whole world? and yet loses or forfeits himself. There is a genuine happiness when you are living in obedience to God. There is a genuine... Listen, you can live a life where you are trying to gain the whole world, and you might actually be successful in some certain ways or to an extent in human eyes, right? You might be able to acquire a reputation. Maybe you're able to get a whole bunch of wealth or drive that nice car. Maybe you're getting able to get an improvement in status. But here's the thing. You will never be fulfilled by these things. You won't be fulfilled by the nice car that you get. You won't be fulfilled by getting married. You won't be fulfilled by how much money you get or by the job that you have. Those things are not going to bring true joy and fulfillment to your life. Even if you think it will, it will not. When we look at the Bible, people are only genuinely happy when they're living in obedience to God. You look at the Israelites. The Israelites, okay, they're, they're going through this back and forth throughout the all of history, where for years and years and years, they're with God, they're close to him, they're serving him. And then they go through years and years and years where they're not, and they're going through oppression. And God is allowing other things to happen to them because they're not being close with him. And then you look at King David, okay? King David had so many different things. Just look at the book of Psalms for five minutes, and you can read 10 different chapters that have 10 different ways that of, of thinking, because he was just always going through some battle, but there was other times that he was living in obedience to God, that he was happy. He was always, for his entire life, he was surrounded by enemies. But King David had these moments where he was genuinely happy because he was living in obedience to God. 
got many of the judges of Israel. One of the ones that I love to talk about is Samson. Samson has moments where he is not living in obedience to God, okay? But he has other moments where he is. When is he genuinely happy? When he's living in obedience to God. And then we can go to the New Testament and look at Paul in Paul's life. This, this man, he even says that he's the worst of the worst. But listen, the thing is, is this man was living in obedience to God. He was living in obedience to God. And he said, even I've learned to live with nothing. I've learned to live with everything. And you know what? Through it all, it doesn't matter because I know that there's something greater, a greater reward for me at the end when I die. I've learned to live with it all, and I'm happy because I am close with Jesus. I'm close with God. You will never find true fulfillment unless you're living in all-in relationship, unless you're in an all-in relationship with Jesus Christ. Last thing I want to talk about here, I'm going to have you spam it in the chat again, okay? It's not just about believing. Put that in the chat. It's not just about believing. All right. This is a this is this statement. Listen, I, I I wondered I wondered about putting this statement in here, but it's not just about believing. There's some of you out there that believe in Jesus and you think that's enough. First off, you won't get that fulfilled life that I was just talking about. Okay, you won't if you're just going to believe and that's it, you're not going to get that fulfilled life. It's not just about believing, that's not enough. So let's move on to Luke chapter 9 verses 26 through 27. And it says this, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory. And that the Father, and that of the Father and the holy angels. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. We're not going to touch verse 27 yet, okay? This verse is a great verse, and it's a great segue into next week, kind of a cliffhanger for you. So hang on to verse 27 until next week. We'll talk about that a little bit next week because it's a wonderful segue into what we're going to be talking about. But first, I want to say this. Think about this statement that I'm about to say, okay? You cannot be ashamed of someone who you do not believe in. Let me say that one more time. You cannot be ashamed of someone who you do not believe in. Another way of saying this is you can only be ashamed of someone that you do believe in. You can only be ashamed of someone that you do believe in. The definition of ashamed is embarrassed or guilty because of one's actions, characteristics, or associations, or reluctant to do something through fear of embarrassment or humiliation. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say some words right now. And what I'm gonna ask you is if any of these words describe your relationship with Jesus when you're in front of others. With your, when you're with your friends, when you're with your family, or when, when you're in a place where, where you know that other people should know that you're a Christian, essentially. Distraught, distressed, embarrassed, guilty, hesitant, humiliated, regretful. Listen, if any of these words describe you, 
when you're with other people and you're in, and this describes your relationship with Jesus, this is not supposed to be a discouragement to you. Okay. And I know it might feel like a discouragement in the moment, but it is not supposed to be discouraging for you. You see, this is a way for us to be able to understand where our relationship is with Jesus. This is a way of testing yourself where you can improve upon what, what can I improve upon in my life and in my relationship with Jesus? Maybe you can take one of those words and you're saying, you know what? I really do feel humiliated when I'm at school sometimes, but why? That's, that's what we're trying to get to here, but why? And how can we change that? How can we be all in on our relationship and not be ashamed of Jesus Christ? I believe in him, but am I ashamed to believe in him? Am I ashamed to be a follower of Jesus Christ? You know, something that we always say here at God Squad Church when people get baptized is when you're getting baptized, we ask people to say that they're unashamed to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Because when you're publicly getting baptized in front of other people, you are showing them that you are truly unashamed. You're saying, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm ready to tell the entire world that I'm a follower of Jesus. And that's an important thing to be able to do. And I think that's an important step in our faith as well, baptism. Are you truly all in? Are you ready today to take up your cross? And are you ready to be unashamed in being a follower of Jesus Christ? These are the times when you're going to be able to find fulfillment. This is where you're going to find peace. This is where you're going to find joy. This is where you're going to find that abundant life. It's only through Jesus Christ. It's only through the Prince of Peace. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's the bread of life. He is the savior of the world, the son of the living God. He's the ancient of days. He's the creator of the world, the anointed one, the chief cornerstone. He's our redeemer. He's the lamb of God and he's the great I am. This is where you will find fulfillment in your life, being in a full all-in relationship with Jesus. Take up your cross today. It's not easy. Jesus didn't say that it was going to be an easy thing. But I promise you, I promise you this, you will never have fulfillment from the things of this world, but only through him in relationship with him. And maybe today is the first time that some of you are hearing the gospel of Jesus. Earlier, we talked about Jesus' true mission, that he made himself a sacrifice so that you could be saved from your sins, so that I could be saved from my sins. Have you ever made this decision in your life? Have you made the decision to follow him yet? And today, I want to give you an opportunity to be able to make that decision for the first time. And maybe some of you here, you've already made that decision. But you're realizing that there's areas of your life and in your relationship with God that you can definitely improve upon to make sure that you're in a better, deeper, more loving, and more intimate relationship with him. It could be that you veered so much off the track and so much off the path that you were on that you feel like right now you may, maybe you need to rededicate your life to him. And so I want to give you an opportunity for that as well. So if you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life, 
for the first time or rededicate your life to him right now. What I would ask you to do is to repeat this prayer after me. This prayer isn't, it's not a prayer where you're praying to me, you're talking specifically to God, okay? And it's not the prayer that saves you, all right? I'm gonna say that right now. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's something that sometimes we use as a tangible thing because later in life, you're gonna have moments where you're gonna do something, you're gonna think something, something's gonna go wrong, you're gonna wonder, did I actually make that decision? There's gonna be some doubt. And this is something that you can use tangibly to be able to go back to, to say, I remember the decision that I made. I remember when I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. I remember what it felt like when he lifted those burdens, when he lifted those sins off of me. So yes, through my faith and through my walk, I know that I made that decision, but sometimes there's going to be doubts. Sometimes there's going to be doubts. And so what I would ask you to do is if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today or rededicate your life is to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. And I believe that he died on the cross. And I believe that he rose from the grave. And so right now, God, I accept your mercy, your grace, and your salvation. I commit my life to you. And Jesus, I ask that you would come and live inside of me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. All right. Well, let's celebrate any of those who have just decided to give their life to Jesus or anyone who has also decided to read dedicate their life. I'm sure this sermon has inspired you to question where where are you giving your attention to? Maybe you do need to rededicate your life. And so if you've chosen to make that happen, then we are so excited because that's the best decision you can ever make. I know it's not easy. Um, I have had God in my life my whole life, so I can't imagine thinking he's not real and then all of a sudden realizing he is real and having to make that change like that does sound hard to even just accept that he might be real and to go down that journey to figure it out um and so we want to be here for you guys if you fall in line anywhere there and if you need help because we are not meant to do life alone we are meant to do it together and we want to be there for you so if you made that decision go ahead and put exclamation point connect in the chat that will give you a form that you can fill out and that's how we can connect with you and you can just let us know like hey i do need help or hey i don't know what i should do next or just be really honest with us so that we can come alongside you and help you but we also would just love to know that you made that decision and we want to be a resource to you that's it that's really it that's simply it because the best thing you can do in your life is just grow closer to God. That's all he wants. He wants you and he wants your heart. And any way we can grow closer to him is a win and it makes him smile. That's all we want to do, right? Is make him smile. So yeah, congratulations. We're so happy for you. Go ahead if you want to as well. Um, say something in the chat so we can celebrate with you. Uh, we know that God knows when he's celebrating and the heavenly hosts are celebrating, which is just incredible to even think about. 
Um, all right. So now we are going to wrap up service. Um, thank you, Boz, for that amazing sermon. Um, it is quite the challenge. And I've been having this discussion with some people. One, my mother-in-law, we were talking about TV and how, gosh, maybe TV is literally just a distraction, which is really hard to admit. I mean, I'm a film major. Like, I love film and movies and making entertainment. Um, but yeah, it might just be a distraction. So um, we, I mean, for me, it's easier in the summer, like to put those things away. But in the winter is when I really start to watch stuff. But if you think about all that time you spent watching, honestly, let's just say junk. Like, what does it really do for our minds? Um, unless it's something like The Chosen that's showing you a little bit about Jesus. Uh, most of it doesn't matter. What if all that time was instead just spent pursuing God and just how proud he would be of you to go against your culture, which is also hard to do. Like, it's not easy, guys. And I, I don't do it. Like, I haven't just put TV down or games down yet, but I do wonder if I should, you know? And so if you have these questions, I encourage you join our Discord. We have authentic questions like that and discussions in our Discord where we can just be open and honest with each other and help each other with these, these kinds of battles and these, these things that we wrestle with. So I encourage you to join and be a part of that as well. Um, but yeah, thank you, boss, so much for that encouragement. I hope you guys take it to heart, reflect on it, pray about it, um, bring it to God, anything that you might struggle with or you know, just might feel you need a decision with, just bring it to God. Um, I mentioned our connect form. Uh, that's also for any of you who are new, any of you who have never filled it out before. We would just love to know you're here and be able to connect with you because we're all about experiencing community. This is not just a live stream that you can come into and watch and be done. Like, no, this is a community and we want to be with you, befriend you and um, be a part of your journey. Also, we are going to enter a time of offering and giving. This is a time of worship as well, just in a different way, where we give God some of our finances so we can help him in his mission, in God Squad Church's mission, to reach gamers for Christ. So if you are at all interested in partnering with us and giving, these are the few safe and secure ways that you can do that. You can even put exclamation point give in the chat and you can click on the link fill out the form you can go to our website godsquadchurch.com slash give you can check out twitch there's a panel below that you can click on and if you reside in the usa you can also text us so pull out your phone and text any amount to the number 84321 again that's 84321 um and yeah we just want to say thank you so much for your giving to those who have given before, to those who are thinking about it, um, because without you, we could not do this. This is how we are trying to reach gamers for Christ. And so we thank you so much for partnering with us in that mission and for your giving.